0: Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, Episode 72, How Your Vacation Can Make You a Better Leader. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success on the web at businessadvance.com.
1: And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And with me is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott.
2: Hi, Pam. It's always great to join you for another episode. And if this is your first time listening to Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper... Our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders like you to accelerate yourselves and your companies to the next level of growth and success. So Pam, what are we talking about today?
1: How vacation can make us better leaders. How often do we hear people talking about business and life as if they're separate entities, right? Yeah, a
2: lot. Yes.
1: Well, the truth is we need to be true to ourselves as people on and off the job. It shouldn't be... One or the other. It has to be a smooth flow. There's a lot we could learn about ourselves during vacation that can help us on the job. For example, you and I both enjoy traveling. What do you get from travel that makes you better as a leader? Well,
2: whether it's adventure travel when I'm going out and really challenging myself and my resourcefulness and my endurance, or a trip abroad where I'm learning about new people and new environments, new customs. I always enjoy really expanding my horizons and deepening my appreciation for the world around me in new ways.
1: I've learned that being able to see how others live and going off the beaten path especially gives me a much better appreciation of the perspectives of people of that country. So, for example, to me, there's nothing like communicating with people in a totally different language where we're both dealing with broken English and sign language and <laughs> or broken tie or whatever yes. that's right to be able to say the world isn't set up From my perspective alone, we have to come up with not a my way or a your way, but our our way of doing things. And I think about that a lot in the course of being the CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated, working with clients, and uh, just between you and me uh, on a a day-in-a-day-out basis. So one of the other people that we've uh, met as a guest who thinks very much along these lines, is Tim Hebert, CEO of award winning Atreon. Now, we first met Tim on our episode about fusing business and technology. And at the end of that time, he told us that he was about to go off on a dream vacation to scale Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. Right. We challenged him to come back and tell us about the leadership lessons he learned from the experience of scaling Kilimanjaro and how that's impacted him for scaling his rapidly growing company.
2: That's right. And he did bring back some very interesting stories and and insights. And so let's go ahead and listen to a reprise of that episode. And we'll be back next week with an all new episode of Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper.
1: So let's set the background. You had to make a decision to pursue a big dream. Why did you decide to embark on the adventure of climbing Mount Kilimanjaro? Well,
3: there's there's two reasons, Pam, why I chose to climb Kilimanjaro. First of all, I love to climb mountains in general. And I think climbing mountains allows me the opportunity to explore who I am and what I can become. And I, I get a lot of satisfaction, a lot of pleasure out of doing that. But Kilimanjaro has held a special place in my heart for a long time. When I was a young, young child, uh, my grandmother, who lived above us in an apartment complex, would take me one night a week and I would spend that that evening with her. And our thing that we did was we watched a TV series show called Tarzan. And during that that time we spent together, we'd watch Tarzan and she would talk about Africa and tell me all these wonderful things about Africa and show me pictures and I was about eight years old, um, and I made the decision in her one day that I was going to climb Kilimanjaro one day. So it's been this dream I've had since I was very, very young. And finally, wow. this year, I decided that I was going to pursue it.
2: That's amazing. And uh, it is, it's is—it's a real feat. There are multiple paths up, up the mountain, uh, multiple routes with different uh, types of challenges. How did you make your decision about that particular route that you took?
3: Yeah, Scott, I think it's... It's one of those things in life when you have a dream that's so big, you spend a lot of time preparing for it. So I studied a lot of books and a lot of information about Kilimanjaro before I actually set out to do this goal. And what I wanted to do is I really wanted to absorb the experience. And when I looked at all the paths, there are seven paths to get to the summit. And there are a couple paths that you can do in four days, and it's kind of a straight-up path. But you don't. the scenery is not as good. Um, it's not as challenging as along a, a the way. So when I made my decision, I was looking for three things. The first thing is that I wanted to I wanted to spend the longest amount of time I could on the mountain itself. The second thing is I wanted something that was going to you know challenge me physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And I felt this trail would allow it to do that. Then the third is that I wanted the most scenic trail that was available. And the Shira Trail, which I ended up taking, um, allowed me to have all three of those those experiences during one trip.
1: So what is the height of Kilimanjaro?
3: Yeah, the Kilimanjaro at the summit, the peak of it, is um, 19,431 feet. So it's almost three times the the tallest peak we have in the New England area, which is Mount Washington. It's three times the height of that.
1: Wow, that's... uh... Quite ambitious. It's so that's, that's a big climb. Yeah,
2: it's very big climb.
1: We'll have some information on that on the Growth Igniter's radio page for this episode. But one of the things that I saw was that the success rate for all climbers, all routes, was 45%. So how did you determine what a successful outcome would look like for a goal like this?
3: Uh, that's, the, that's the challenging part. I mean, I think when you take goals, whether it's in your business life, your personal life, There's a high rate of failure in doing those. How many people have set New Year's resolutions to lose 10 pounds and never have done it? Or a business is trying to change their direction and they never accomplish that. So defining success is really important. So when I was you know planning to do this and I read the failure rate for this, I knew that I had to kind of look at my success differently. I had to be prepared. And so I really created a very detailed plan of how I was gonna prepare for this journey. I kind of broke it down to three things I needed to be successful. The first thing was I had to be physically strong. The second is I had to increase my endurance. And third, I had to increase my cardio. I had to be able to breathe at 19,000 feet and have my heart still run. So I kind of focused on those. And what I did is I created a detailed plan to actually allow me to prepare for all three of those elements.
1: So that gave you the ability to have a higher probability of success. But going into this, did you ever allow for the fact that getting to the summit, which you did, but might not have happened, was a possibility?
3: I think that is something I definitely considered throughout the process, Pam. I think when I began this, I knew there was a high risk of failure. Um, just like when I started my business, you know, 30 years ago, I knew there was going to be a high, high rate of failure potentially with it. But what I was, what I was focused on wasn't necessarily the ultimate goal of summiting. It was really about the journey to get as far as I could get. And hopefully I would do enough stuff, you know, in my preparation to be prepared for it. So I went in okay, knowing that I may not make it to the top. Something may help, you know, may stop me from getting there, whether it was the weather, my health, my training and preparation, but it would be a way to challenge myself and see where I was. So I knew that. However, I'm a, an achiever by by trade. So I knew that I was gonna work hard and it was gonna take a lot to stop me from making that summit. If I had to pull myself up by my hands. Um, For the last mile, I was going to do that. But I did prepare for the journey more so than the actual outcome of having my picture taken in front of the sign at the summit.
2: That's very important, preparing for the journey and recognizing that there are many different types of
1: success. So when you make the decision to pursue a dream and you can identify what your success is going to look like and prepare for it like you did. It really makes it much more possible to live into that dream and make it work for you. This is a great place for us to take a first break. And when we come back, we'll speak more with Tim Hebert, CEO of Atrion, and intrepid trekker about the leadership lessons he learned from pursuing his life dream to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Stay with us.
2: You are listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, on the web at businessadvance.com. We enable successful companies to accelerate to their next level of innovation and growth. And if you like what you're hearing, spread the good word. Go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 45, and use the share links for Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at the top right of the page to tell your social media communities all about us. Use hashtag GrowthIgniters. This will help extend our reach to all of the people who can benefit from this series.
1: Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with Tim Hebert, CEO of Atrion, about what climbing Mount Kilimanjaro taught him about getting the most from business as well as from life. Tim, how can people find out more about you, your journey, and Atrion?
3: Yes, I think there, there's a couple of ways. First of all, um, they can go out to our Atrion website, and it's at www.atreon.com and they can learn about our company. We have an atreon blog site, which is blog.atreon.com. And um, they can also follow me on LinkedIn. And on LinkedIn, I have on their blogging platform, Pulse, I have a, a tremendous amount of blog articles I put about leadership and my trek to Kilimanjaro.
1: That sounds great. And of course, we will have information as well, uh, links on the Growth Igniter's radio page, episode 45. Let's get back to our conversation here. Uh, Now, there were a number of things that you said you learned about yourself and leadership from this climb on Kilimanjaro. What's something new that you would say that you learned about, say, the discipline involved in transforming dreams into reality?
3: So, Pam, um, I've always been an achiever. I've always been able to accomplish my goals and to be able to have the discipline to do the things necessary to to see the goal to completion. But when I climbed Kilimanjaro, um, one of the things I realized was the importance of doing all the dirty work, all that work you have to do day in and day out to achieve a goal. So when I started out, I I created a plan that was really going to have me um, run, walk, or hike five to seven miles every day from January to October. And during my training, I actually did that 96% of the times. And for people that are in the New England area or heard about the New England weather this year, you can think about what January and February was like hiking through sometimes six to 12 inches of snow, snow plows nearly running off the road, getting drenched when we had nearly torrential rains that almost flooded the area. Um, But I, I ran or walked or hiked every single day. Now, when I got to Kilimanjaro, we started hiking the first four days. It was unseasonably cold. It was probably 20 degrees colder than it normally was. So it dropped the temperatures to about 20 to 30 degrees on average during the day. During the first four days, we had rain, snow and sleet. I had no problem making the climb. I was prepared for it. I enjoyed the experience. Everyone else was with with me, was miserable. They were underprepared. They weren't ready for that kind of difficulties. And it just shows importance of how how much that discipline to do those little things every single day prepares you for the difficulties you face when you're really trying to achieve that goal.
2: Now, Tim, something that you just said is interesting, especially from a leadership standpoint, because you were prepared, but some of the people you were hiking with were not. And That's- so you know, speak to the fact that you were, in essence, an impromptu team uh, with different levels of ability and achievement. How did you manage to get through that part? Mm.
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was an impromptu team. When I left um, the United States to go to Tanzania to climb Kilimanjaro, I didn't know any of the hikers I was hiking with. We all kind of met the day before the hike, literally for dinner. And we started the hike, and there was all different experience levels. We had a group of 16, and out of the 16, three did not make it. There was another group that was hiking kind of beside us um, as we were going through. There were 15 people and none of them made it. What made our team work was the fact that the the group came together as a team and we worked and we helped and supported each other. There were times when people needed motivation and cheering up and, you know, that we can do it. And we all chipped in to do that. Um, And so the real, uh, you know, the real key was we all worked together towards that common goal and vision of climbing and achieving Mount Kilimanjaro. We did have three people that failed, two people that were just underprepared for the, the strenuous nature of the hike. And then we had another person that suffered a little bit of altitude sickness and couldn't make the summit but made the rest of the journey with us. But it was all of us sticking together, working together, motivating. And I would say during the rain, the first four days, it was strenuous and it was raining and cold. You know, I was kind of like the cheerleader. You know, this is not that bad. It could be worse. We could be back in the office entering a thousand emails. (laughs) And so I kept that positivity there trying to keep people motivated. At the end, I think they were a little sick of it, but uh, we got through together with it.
2: Yeah. One of the things also that you talked to us about earlier offline was the importance of pacing. Mm. Not too fast, not too slow. What surprised you about the need to pace yourself, especially with the other people?
3: yeah you know scott you know this is something i never thought about when i when i left um to go to climb kilimanjaro when i got there the people we were talking to um that were preparing the group you know kept talking about this swahili term called pole pole and it means slowly gently slowly Mm -hmm. And they're talking about the pace going slow now i'm an achiever i've climbed you know hundreds of mountains and at all kinds of altitudes. So I get out there the first day and I'm ready to go. I'm the achiever. I wanna go as fast as I can possibly go. And they keep saying, slow down, slow down, slow down. We're at 8,000 feet. I was in great shape. I was prepared for it. My challenge occurred when we got close to the summit. Um, Normally the summit from base camp to the summit is about an eight hour hike. Um, Mm -hmm. I got to the summit in uh, five hours and 45 minutes, almost two hours plus faster. I went too fast, but. When I got about 500 f- yards from the summit and you know, I couldn't see the, the peak or the summit, um, I got altitude sickness. Ah. And it was at that point, I realized a couple of things I hadn't, I was probably slightly dehydrated. I was, my pace was way too fast for the altitude mm-hmm. and I hadn't slept in almost 30 hours at that time. So the lack of sleep, the lack of, you know, hydration and the pacing almost jeopardized my whole journey. And I realized that as a leader, and as a you know, person chasing their dreams, you have to have a certain level of patience. You gotta pace yourself correctly. And you gotta, you know, as they would say in Swahili, pole poley, slowly, gently, slowly. Consistency was the key here. Not speed. So
2: don't, don't outpace your resources.
3: Exactly. and Works in business, business owners. I wanna do that all the time. I wanna go faster, right?
1: That's right, after all. <laughs> that's what yeah, we all want, right? right?
3: Yeah, we all want to grow, but you know, we all you know, we got to grow at a smart rate.
1: Keeping all of that in mind, and uh, helping people who haven't been through that to be able to uh, to deal with it, also I'm sure is its own challenge too. Absolutely. So that would take us to uh, something else you were talking about. I mean, obviously, when you're climbing, you're making this kind of uh, ambitious journey. There are going to be all types of difficulties. What did you what did you learn about seeing through some of these difficulties something that was new to you?
3: You know Pam, I think one of the things that really stood out to me is when I was climbing the, the summit portion the night that we started the summit We started at midnight and about 530 in the morning um, I started feeling sluggish. It felt like when people use a term when you run a marathon you hit the wall. Well, I felt that way uh-huh. And as, as I started feeling sluggish, I also started feeling, I won't say um, disoriented, but almost wobbly. I'm really sure footed, especially when I climb, but I felt like I was tripping and stumbling over everything. And it dawned on me at that point in time that I'm probably gone too fast and you know, I was probably on the verge of getting altitude sickness. As soon as I came to that recollection that, you know, that I may be having altitude sickness, I got a severe headache. And as the headache set in, I knew I had the altitude sickness was setting in on me. I had slowed my pace down, I was trying to get my breathing under control, and my mind is going through all of these horrific thoughts, I'm not going to make it, um, I'm going to get altitude sickness, I'm going to get, a, you know, pulmonary edema, cerebral edema, I'm going to die, you know, all those kind of things are going through my head. And finally, I started getting an upset stomach, and I ended up getting physically sick, you know, and for about, about two minutes, I was sick, and, you know, and I'm thinking, boy, I'm going to have to end this. And I... Got done being sick and I looked up and as I looked up, I could see the summit, the top of the mountain. And like I said, I was 500 yards from there. And when I looked up over the summit of the mountain, I could see the sun starting to rise and I could see a red dot on the horizon. And as I was watching, I could see a red line start to form across the horizon. And when I looked up over the sun where it was coming up, I could see Jupiter and Mars aligned and it was such a beautiful sight. Wow. It's almost like I forgot about being sick. And I, you know, the adrenaline hit me there were two people that were with me that um, I said, come on, let's go. I started took my camera out, started taking pictures, and you know, then I just made it to the rest of the top. But what I learned, it's important, is you can never lose sight of what the ultimate goal and outcome is. As soon as you allow the challenges you face to overcome where you're trying to go, it's when you put yourself in jeopardy of not being successful.
1: So focusing on the goal or the equivalent of the summit rather than focusing on the problem mm-hmm really seem to make a difference for you and taking
2: inspiration from your environment and what what you do i mean i can
1: envision perfectly in some ways what Mm. you're talking about your description so vivid so when you got to the went to the summit what what was what was it like i mean any particular insights especially come to you at that point
3: yeah, so, so the only thing I can equate it to, it's, you know, it's when you have those big life moments when things set into you, you get married, you have a child, you watch a child graduate from, from high school or college or something of that nature. It's one of those experiences where you become part of something bigger than you. So when I reached that summit, and I'll say it, it started when I hit the top of the mountain, not quite at the peak. I felt just this incredible warm feeling inside that I had just done something spectacular that not many people had done, and I was part of something really special. And, and part of it was, you know, you're know you in a place that's just majestically beautiful. And sometimes in life, we, we look at the things that are challenging, the pain I'm in, the problems I'm facing, and I lose sight of that greatness around us. This, it was hard to ignore. You couldn't really ignore the fact how beautiful it was. And then I finally made it to the, the summit. I got to the sign. And as I got to the sign, um, I thought about the reason why I climbed this to begin with. It was in honor of the promise I made to my grandmother that I would actually climb this peak one day And for, for a split second, but it seemed like it was hours, I was transported back into the living room of her house, sitting on the floor, watching a black and white TV set of Tarzan and that promise I made to do it. And it was just a really full circle of life kind of experience.
1: So dream accomplished. That is so awe inspiring. It really is. So we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll speak more with Tim Hebert, CEO of Atrion about immediately actionable advice you can use for going after your own dreams in life and business over the next year. Stay with us.
2: During this holiday season, Pam and I want to thank you for being part of the Growth Igniters Radio community. This has really been a learning experience for us, and we want to hear from you about the value that you've been getting from what we've been producing every week since we started in February of this year. Go to growthignitersradio.com, click contact us at the bottom of the page, give us your thoughts. Who knows, you may find your comments showing up on our webpage. Do you have any ideas for a guest you'd like to hear in the coming year? We're always on the lookout for more best-selling book authors and innovative CEOs of successful companies to learn from. Again, go to growthignitersradio.com, click contact us at the bottom of the page, and we'll get back to you to follow up.
1: Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with Tim Hebert, CEO of Atrion, about what climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania taught him about getting the most from business as well as from life. Tim, can you tell us again how people can find out more about you and your journey and about Atrion?
3: Yes, Pam. I think the, the best way to find out about um, Atrion, our company, is to go to our website. It's Um You want to find out about me and the uh, journey at Kilimanjaro, you can uh, follow me on LinkedIn and look at the blog posts I put there. Or you can go to the Atrion blog site, which is blog.atreon.com.
1: That's great. So uh, there are lots of places where people can find out about you and your views. So getting Absolutely. back to our conversation... In some ways, it seems like we could think of your adventure scaling the summit of Kilimanjaro as something of a metaphor for going after our own dreams in life and business in 2016. What would you say would be three pieces of immediately actionable advice as we make our own climbs over the next year?
3: There's so many lessons I took away from this particular experience. And like I said, I've always been good at achieving goals and things in my life. But I think the first thing I would say is that you truly have to commit to those things that are important to you. Doing something like Kilimanjaro or starting a business or trying to grow your business, they take huge commitments. And I think many times people start to embark upon these journeys, you know, chasing their dreams without truly committing to it. And part of it, you have to be able to, you know, do all the hard work that's going to allow you to become accomplished. You have to struggle through the difficult time periods and the setbacks that you face. You can only do that if you're truly committed to doing it. And what I find in many cases, people spend too much time trying to do too many things. So in Mm -hmm. my part of this, I had to actually decide decide things I wasn't going to do anymore for a period of time while I prepared for Kilimanjaro. And there were things I had just to physically stop doing because I made the commitment to do it and I wanted to see it through.
1: You raise a really good point with that because the why of it, wouldn't you say that also is, is a part of making that commitment in the first place?
3: Yeah, you absolutely have to understand why you're doing it. If the why's not big enough, and I think a lot of people... It's be hard when to make they, the commitment. It is. It's hard to make the commitment. And sometimes if the why's not big enough, it's not powerful enough to see you through the difficult times. You know, and I think that's the real challenge.
2: Yeah, and the point you make, Tim, is that why really taps into emotion. It can't just be an intellectual, oh, I, I need to do this goal because, you know, I promised somebody or it's important for the business. If you can dig down and connect the why to an emotional drive, that's where the commitment comes from. That's where you can overcome all of the the drama of getting from point A to point B.
3: Scott, you are so right. It's, it's, it's that deeper, you know, very internally mo- emotional motivation that you need to find and that the, the, if it's not that it's very easy to get derailed
1: so tell us uh that was point one what's another point
3: i, I think the, the the other point i i've kind of really learned and i did this well, and throughout my life, but I really kind of brought it to a new art form with Kilimanjaro because I knew I was going to face something that was probably more challenging than anything I've ever done at all levels, you know, physical, mental, emotionally, even spiritually is going to be something that I'd never accomplished something this grand before. It really was the day-to-day discipline to prepare myself. And that alone allowed me to be successful in this climate. And I mean, I literally had in my, my office, I had a huge calendar on my wall that every day I would run, I'd come in and put a, you know, a green mark on to show that I did my, my commitment. Then if I didn't, I had a black mark. And I was so focused on not having black marks that you know, if I had one, I would try to do two runs the next day or sometime before that week was over to try to recover. But that kind of discipline and visibility of, you know, to, to accomplish the things you need to do to be successful is huge.
2: And having metrics that you can follow. The
3: challenge with personal goals and even business goals is who's going to hold me accountable for my own personal goals? No one. It's not a report to a board of directors for my personal life. I have to report to myself. And so that visibility helps me start to be more accountable to myself. And I see that black mark. I know I got to do something about it. And that's part of that discipline you need is that you got to be accountable for your own actions. No one's going to hold you accountable.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's like a reward, too. I mean, every time you saw the green mark, right, that was the one that was a a positive thing. So it was like a pat on the back.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely was. And you need in some of those days, you need that pat on the back.
1: (laughs) So what's another point? What's a third point that you would say? You you know, I I think the other thing I,
3: I really focused on doing through this entire time is that this is something I wanted to do my entire life. And I didn't want this to become a task. I wanted this to become a journey that I enjoyed the entire process. And I knew that if I enjoyed the journey, that I would learn and grow from the experience. And so no matter what, I didn't want this to become an automatic routine checkbox kind of thing that I'm doing, but really enjoy and savor every moment. Running in the rain, running in the snow, you know, I learned to enjoy that and I learned to push myself and to become mentally strong. And it was part of that learning process. So I would just say, enjoy the journey. Um, and find those bright spots. Find that sun that's rising over the over the summit um, that you can focus on to kind of get you to the end.
1: So I have to ask you: You have accomplished this dream. What happens when you accomplish your dream? What what next?
3: Yeah, you know, my dream right now is that um, not only did I sacrifice a lot during this, but um, my family also sacrificed. I spent a lot of time training and doing things to get prepared for this at the expense of my family to some extent. So right now I'm enjoying the time with them, you know, so that's my first immediate goal is to get, you know, recover some of the time I lost over the last year. What I, I have a list of about 150 items that are what I call my adventure list, they're different things to do. So right now I'm, I'm debating and hopefully by the end of this holiday season, I'll be able to select one or two of them. So I'm looking at potentially hiking in the Proving Andes or the uh, Chile Andes down in Patagonia, or doing some really, you know, out by yourself wilderness hikes.
1: Tim, time has just really gone by. Any final thoughts about getting the most out of life and business?
3: Yeah, you know, the the only thing I would add to what we've talked about today is I think that you got to seize the moment in life. And, you know, this has been on my list for a long, long, long time. You know, when I finally took it off, it was an important goal I wanted to accomplish. And I could have waited another year, I could have waited another five years or 10 years, I could, never, I could have actually never achieved this or never even attempted it. I think you need to find those things that are important to you, these dreams that you have, these goals that you have that are really important, and just find a way to do them. And most people talk about it, but they don't always do it.
1: Tim, thank you so much for uh, sharing your experience with us. This has been fun.
3: Absolutely. Thank you, Scott and Pam, for inviting me back. And I hope you guys have a tremendous
1: holiday season. And same to you.
2: Thanks, Tim. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. And to check out resources related to today's conversation, share on social media, find out about upcoming episodes, or open a conversation with us, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 45.
1: Until next time, this is Pam Harper.
2: And Scott Harper.
1: Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to think about. What
2: do I need to do to pursue my own big dream? And what leadership lessons could I learn along the way to accomplish my goals?